Have you ever thought about animal blood transfusions? Imagine your dog or cat had an accident or became unwell and needed a transfusion. Where would those life-saving units of blood come from? Well, I caught up with Nicole Osborne from Pet Blood Bank way back in lockdown, who kindly explained dog blood donations to me. Change a dog's life every time you shop. Look for Dog Desk Animal Action on eBay for change and be the difference. Nicole, welcome to Dog Desk Radio. It's really nice to have you here this afternoon to chat to our listeners about your marvellous pet blood bank. Oh, thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be here. Could you tell listeners, please, Nicole, which species of animals are able to to donate blood? Because this is fairly new territory, I think, to most people, isn't it? Yes, there are are a lot of people that have not heard of Pet Blood Bank before. So hopefully our chat today can let everybody know a bit more about what we do. I would say that, I mean, most species could really give blood if there's a vet that's able to take it from them. But in terms of what we do at Pet Blood Bank, our main service is for dogs. However, we're also hoping to launch a service for cats in the future. And we're also involved in the blood processing for alpacas as well to help out with the alpaca community. So those are the three primary species that we focus on at the moment. Okay. What criteria are you looking at when inviting a pet to donate blood? And is there ever a situation, Nicole, when that pet may not be a suitable candidate for donorship? Yes. So we do have a strict donor criteria when it comes to our dog donors. I'll focus mostly on talking about dogs because that is our core service. So in terms of dogs, they should be nice, fit and healthy dogs. That's really, really important for blood donation. They also need to be large dogs. So all of our donors need to weigh over 25 kilograms of weight. And that is because of the volume of blood that's taken during a donation. Every dog gives a standard donation of around about 450 mils of blood. So they need to be over a certain weight for us to be able to take Yeah, that's quite a lot if you're a chihuahua, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, so that's why we need lots of big dogs to come forward and help us. It's actually a similar amount the dogs give as humans give. So we use the same blood bags as the human service as well. So that gives you an idea of the amount of blood that we're talking about. The donors also need to be between the ages of one and eight as part of our criteria. And another really important thing to mention is that we're particularly looking for dogs that are really happy and confident dogs. Dogs who enjoy meeting new people and are comfortable in new situations particularly at the moment, because with the pandemic, the dog owners are having to wait outside in the car park while their dogs come in to donate with our team on their own. So that's why it's really important that we've got confident dogs who are happy to come with our team. Of course, they'll get lots and lots of treats from our team for their cooperation and for coming along. So it's a really fun time for them. And we make it a really enjoyable experience for all of our donors by giving them lots of treats, lots of fuss and attention so that really positive for them and they want to come back. Nicole, would there ever be any circumstances where a dog may be knocked back perhaps and considered not to be a suitable donor? Um, You know, I'm thinking about medication or, you know, pre-existing conditions. 
Yes, that is really important to mention, actually, because if a dog is taking any medication, that would exclude them from being a donor at this time. And then it's also important to mention that the dogs always need to have lived within the UK. So if you have a dog that's been imported from another country, or if you've ever travelled abroad with your dog, that would also exclude them from being a donor at this time. And that's so that we can protect all the recipient dogs of our blood products, because there are a number of blood-borne diseases across other countries that are not prevalent in the UK. And of course, we need to be really careful to not transmit any of those to the dogs that are receiving our blood. Interestingly, my listeners and I have been delving into this subject and looking at tick-borne diseases that are endemic in other countries that aren't necessarily noticeable. Listeners, that's the kind of thing that, that Nicole's talking about here. Um, Nicole, do you have donor sessions around the country, just like a human blood donating operation or not? Yes, absolutely. In fact, we work very similarly to the Human Blood Service. So we work in partnership with vet practices and they very, very kindly lend us some space in their practice for a day every month or so where we can run our donation sessions from their practice. So we tend to visit each of our host venues, as we call them, around every two to three months. So it means they were able to visit lots of different places across the UK um, with our donation sessions. So we're able to see lots of dogs in different locations. Taking a dog as a donor, as we said, you know, we're talking about dogs because that's your primary donor. What is the procedure for taking the blood, Nicole? Due to COVID, as I've said, the dogs are currently coming into their donation appointments alone while the owners wait outside. So that's why we particularly need these confident and um, confident dogs that enjoy meeting new people. So once your dog comes into the donation session with us, they will first receive a pre-donation health check with one of our vets. And this is just to check that they are fit and healthy to donate on that day. Once the dog has passed through their health check, They'll then go into the next room, which is the donation room. And this is where they make their blood donation to us, which is approximately 450 mils. For this, the dog is lifted up onto a table and lies on its side. And the blood is taken from the jugular vein in their neck. We do use a local anesthetic cream on all of our donors to prevent any discomfort during the donation. And it generally takes between five and 10 minutes to collect the blood donation from them. And while they're lying on the table, we get a lovely tummy rub from our team and lots of nice soothing voices and praise to tell them how good they're doing. And then after their donation, the dogs like us get their tea and biscuits. Although I will say that the dogs get their tea and biscuits as soon as they arrive. There's treats on the go throughout the whole donation. But after their donation, we make sure they get lots of treats, they get a drink of water, and they're also given a goodie bag to take home, which has some nice treats and a toy in there. And we take their photograph on our Facebook page so that we can put up the album afterwards with all the photographs of the dogs that have donated to tell people just how wonderful they all are. So our dogs have been doing really, really amazingly well donating on their own during the pandemic. And it's just been so lovely to see so many owners have so much trust in us to take their dogs into the donation sessions on their own. 
um, which has been really, really nice to see. I guess when a dog's done it a few times, they're okay with it because they know what to expect. I mean, they don't know why they're doing it. They don't know why they're there, but they know that it's going to be okay. I would imagine that's quite a scary experience for a dog the first time. Well, at the moment, like I say, because we're appealing for the confident dogs, that's so that they are more able to cope with the situation. And, you know, we give them lots of treats, fuss and attention, reassurance. We use a lot of positive reinforcement during our donation sessions. So a lot of dogs are absolutely fine with the experience. They have a great time. And like you say, the dogs, once they've done it once, once they've done it a few times, they know what they're coming for. They know that they're going to get lots of treats, lots of attention. So we really see the excitement in the dogs. They'll jump out their owner's cars and pull them into the donation session because they're so excited to be there because they know that they've got 45 minutes of five people's attention all on them. So it's a great time for them. Do you ever have to sedate them at all to any degree? No, no. Um, our sessions run with the dog completely conscious the entire time. Okay. It is a really important thing to do, isn't it? I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. Listeners, the girl's looking at me smiling reassuringly because, of course, it is all right, isn't it? And I, I'm just very aware of the fact, Nicole, that I'm bringing my own sort of, oh, my God, my baby's getting a needle in its neck and yada, yada, yada. But actually, it isn't that big a deal, is it? Well, no. Have, have you ever given blood yourself? It's a very similar process. It's the same thing. Yeah, same thing for dogs. In fact, it's even better for the dogs because they get the local anaesthetic cream on their neck. So it really does help to prevent any discomfort in the dogs and they get treats as soon as they walk through the door. So, you know, they actually get they do better than the humans on on that front. Listeners are used to me being hysterical. I am always <laughs> always hysterical over everything so yes listeners uh, if you have any questions regarding that you can speak to Nicole and we'll give you those details later on. Um, Nicole how many times can a dog donate per year? So dogs can donate up to six times per year. Okay Nicole what happens to the donated blood once it's taken? So once the blood has been donated at one of our donation sessions across the UK, we have a courier who will go and collect the blood if it's very far away. For example, our processing centre is in Loughborough, but we run sessions up in Scotland and further away. So we'll have a courier that will come and collect the blood. Um, and if it's a local session that our Loughborough-based team are running, then they'll bring the blood back with them in the car. So one way or another, it will end up back at our processing centre in Loughborough. It's then stored overnight and allowed to come to room temperature. And then in the morning, first thing, our blood processors come in and they process the blood. So that involves putting the blood into this big machine, which is called a centrifuge. And that spins the blood bags around really, really quickly and separates the red blood cell component from the plasma component. This is then split into the two different components or split into the kind of two different bags. So you end up with a bag of red blood cells and a bag of plasma. And then if required, each of those bags can then be turned into smaller half units for treating small dogs. Okay. So this is why we say every donation that a dog gives can help save the lives of up to four other dogs. It's because the blood is processed in this way. And the real benefit of being able to process the blood 
is that one donation can go so much further than yeah. if whole blood was being used. And actually for, for dogs and for treatment, it's, it's rare that whole blood is actually needed. In most cases, you only need the red blood cells or the plasma component. So it really allows us to maximize the use of all the blood that we've collected and make all of our donations go as far as possible to help save the lives of as many dogs as possible. Sounds amazing. How long can it be stored for? So it varies by the two products. So our patched blood cell products have got a shelf life of six weeks and they're stored in the fridge. And our plasma products are frozen. So initially a plasma product will be labeled as fresh frozen plasma and that can be stored for up to one year in the freezer. And then after one year, it becomes frozen plasma and can be stored for a further four years. So in total, the plasma product has a shelf life of five years. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, the, yeah. the wonders of freezing. We know that there's a need for it. How great a need is there for it, Nicole? I mean, it truly is a life-saving service that we run. There are thousands of dogs every year that needs blood transfusions and that need this life-saving blood. So it's really critical that we are able to constantly have a supply of blood to be going out to help save the lives of these dogs. Last year, we sent out over 5,000 of our blood products to vets, which were used to treat um, sick and injured animals. So it really is, there's a huge demand for our products and there's a constant demand for our products. It's why we always need people that have got dogs that are suitable to donate to come forward, come along to one of our donation sessions and really help us out to make sure that this blood is always available for the yes. dogs to eat it. I had a cat that needed a transfusion once and I was so, so grateful for it, listeners. I can't even begin to tell you how grateful I was, but you'll know, I guess. And I'm kind of thinking about perhaps how squeamish I might be and how um, reluctant I might be to actually put my cat or dog forward for donating blood but actually when I think about how it saved my cat's life I really need to do it don't I yeah it is a wonderful wonderful thing yeah it really is if you put yeah. yourself into the shoes of she would have died without it Nicole yeah, yeah yeah it really it truly is a life-saving service it really is so I really shouldn't allow my concerns about those few minutes that my dog's spending donating that blood to get in the way of that blood saving another dog's life. Yeah, and I know things are different at the moment due to COVID, but honestly, if you could come along and see one of our donation sessions, you would absolutely see for yourself just how much these dogs enjoy coming along and how much of a nice day out it is for them. Yes, and of course, you know, the personality of the dog, as you were saying, you were talking about confident dogs. You know, it is important to evaluate whether your dog is suitable as a donor from that respect too, before you even take it any further. I'm just thinking about my girls. We talk about them a lot on the show. The listeners know them. Bella would be a really poor candidate for it, but Medina would just be like, hi, Nicole, want to be best friends? And I know that she would not be troubled by that for more than a few seconds, really and would yeah. probably, um, you know, be quite happy to go back again. So that's definitely worth thinking about. Now, Nicole, is the blood only used in vet practice or are there any other ways that it can be used? 
So we only sell our blood products for the use in veterinary practice by vets to treat sick and injured animals. And a part of our government license means that this is the only way that our blood can be used. It is only used for treating those animals that really need it by vets. I asked my listeners if they wanted to ask you any questions and 33 people all asked the same question. They want to know. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you can. Blood groups. Yes. Do they have several blood groups as we do? And if so, are there any groups that are rare? So, yes, they do absolutely have different blood groups, just like we do. Dogs have actually got a total of 12 blood groups. However, there's only one blood group which is important when it comes to transfusion medicine, and that is the blood group called DEA1, or dog erythrocyte antigen 1. And within that group, the dogs will either be positive or negative, so positive or negative for the antigen. And we've been doing blood banking for a while at Pet Blood Bank, and we know that around 70% of dogs are positive blood type the remaining 30% being negative blood type. However, negative blood is in very high demand because this blood type, similar to O negative in humans, can be given to any dog in an emergency situation. Oh, okay. So if a vet is going to stock a unit of blood, it will tend to be negative. So the demand is always higher for this type. However, there are significantly less dogs with this type. And because we've been doing this for a long time as well, we we do tend to see trends by breed. So there are certain breeds of dogs that we know are more likely to have the negative blood type. And I'll just I'll just read out a few of these breeds Mm, for the listeners. So the breeds that we particularly encourage to come forward that are more likely to have this blood type are German Shepherds, Dobermans, Black Coated Retrievers. Pointers, greyhounds, lurchers, boxers, and there are some other ones. If listeners go onto our website, they can find a full list there. But we know that these breeds in particular are more likely to have this really important negative blood type. Okay, that's very interesting. Do you have any dogs that come back again and again and again and again and again? Yes, absolutely. Like I say, the dogs that come over, the dogs that come again and again, they just, they love it, they really do. And at the moment, our highest donating dog ever has done 30 donations. Wow. He's now retired, but he currently holds the, holds the crown for the highest amount of donations. But we've got a lot of other dogs that are fast approaching him with kind of donation numbers in the high 20s. So... Yeah, we do have owners who are so passionate about what we do and they will bring their dogs along every time that we ask them to attend. I know that you can't give any personal information out about your 30 times donating dog, but can you say what breed he is or give us any little bits of information that you're allowed to? Yeah, of course. We've done a lot of media around this dog. So he's very much out there um, as our highest donating dog. So it's a... A lovely golden Labrador called Stumpy, who was initially intended to be a guide dog, but instead he has become a blood donor because he was unsuitable for the guide dog. So, yeah, 
He's a fabulous dog and he currently holds the title for the most donations, 30, which means we times that by four, he's helped to save the lives of up to 120 other dogs with his blood. Wow. That's over a hundred people like my cat that is quite phenomenal isn't it that's mm-hmm. a, over a hundred people that were in that situation where they were going to lose an animal that they loved as much as their child what a wonderful dog yeah he really is wonderful fantastic nicole where can listeners find you if they have any questions or if they would like to consider putting themselves oh sorry or their dogs rather forward as donors where can they get more information Yeah, we've got lots and lots of information on our website. So if you just pop into your search engine, Pet Blood Bank UK, you'll find us there. And we're also on most of the big social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Pop us a message over if you've got any questions. We'd really love to hear from you. And um, we'd really love to see some of your dogs coming along to our donation sessions. So would I, listeners, if you decide to go for it, please don't forget to let us know as well. And we can maybe do a follow up later on. That would be fantastic. Nicole, thank you for your time. And well done for getting involved in this and doing what you do to save so many animals lives every year. Oh, Thank you.